0: today and that's the first page that you see in your little booklet as you open it up so let's just um, hand that out to everybody and then we're gonna get right in so if you turn to the first page that's the one that we're gonna be on today okay so welcome to open church 40 days of love I wonder if I asked you this question this morning, my number one goal in life is, if I asked you that question, what would your answer be? My number one goal in life is, if you were to finish that sentence, what is most important to you in life? Is it to be happy or to be loved, to succeed in your career, maybe comfort or fun, Or to have a a spouse and family. Maybe it's to be famous or popular. People have many different goals in life that they want to accomplish. And this is actually very important. Because if you ever never thought it through, you need to actually think it through consciously and understand what motivates you in life. Because this will answer the question of what is your dominant life principle. What is a dominant life principle? Well, whether you're aware of it or not, it is the most important value that you esteem in your life, where you're at in your life today. And even if you haven't thought it through, every time you make a decision and every time you make a choice, you have a choice to make, you access the database of your brain. And then from there, you decide what you're going to do based on what is your dominant life principle okay now what good does god think about this well in first, first corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1 and that's our key scripture that we have in this series it says let love be your greatest aim Can we say that together? 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Let's say the scripture reference first, and then we're going to repeat the scripture. Hopefully you can commit this to memory. It's an easy one to learn. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. 14, 1. Okay, so let's say the reference first, and then the scripture. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Let love be your greatest aim. So God is saying in scripture here, That not status, not success, or possessions, or power, or privilege, or prestige. None of these things should be your greatest, most dominant life factor, value. But he says that we should make love our number one value in life. Why? Because God is love and he wants you to be just like him. God created everything in the universe out of love and he made everything in order to love it because God is love. It's not simply something that he has. He doesn't have love. He is love. He created us to be an object of his affection and love. Isn't that a beautiful thought? You were created just for God to love you. And God wants you to be like him. So he created you to learn how to love. In fact, you were put on this planet to learn to love. Have you ever wondered why didn't God just create you and take you straight to heaven? Why do you have to spend 60, 70, 80 years here on this earth that's, filled, that's broken and filled with sin and suffering and sorrow and sadness? Why did he put you here on the earth? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why didn't he just take you straight to heaven? He allows you here on earth in order for you to learn to love. So life is all about learning to love. And that's why this series that we're doing is so important for you. Because if you can learn some of these principles now and make them habits in your life, it is going to change your life forever. One day, Jesus was walking down the road. And this guy came up to him and said, Jesus, what is the most important command in the Bible? What's most important of everything that there is in the Bible? What is most important? And Jesus says, yep, I can tell you that. I can summarize the entire Bible in two sentences. If you get these two things right, you get what life is all about. It's called the great commandment. And it's found in Mark 12. you got it in your little books there as well. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. There are no commands more important than these. So if you get these two things, guys, then you will understand what God put you on the planet for. Life is all about learning to love everything else is excess. Everything else is secondary. The Bible says we must make love our greatest aim. God says he wants us to love him first with everything that is in us, and then he wants you to learn to love everybody else around you. And once you've done that, you're ready to go to heaven. Any of you ready to go to heaven yet? Now, I think as we start studying this, I know some of you would like to go now, but maybe God is saying, you're not quite ready yet. I've got a few things to teach you still, right? And actually, when we start doing this study, as I've been meditating and studying upon it, I just realized areas in my love. I, I thought I was quite a loving person, but I just realized areas where God's got a lot of work to do. And I'm so glad myself for this series and for what God's going to do in my life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 14, it says, everything you must do, everything you do must be done with love. Did you hear that first word, everything? Everything? That means everything, okay? (laughs) Does that mean when you're doing your chores at home or your siblings, how you treat your siblings at home or how do you speak to the bully at school or that person at work that you don't like? Yes. Yes everything must be done with love. That's God's command to you. And if you don't, you're missing the point of life. So today is we're going to begin this journey of learning how to do everything with love. Are you ready to learn that? Yeah? Amen. Well, let's first of all start looking a little bit about the definition of love, because this is a word that people throw around a lot. You say, I love pizza, I love Doritos, I love Zambia, I love my wife, I love God. And all of those statements are true, but you don't love them in the same way and in the same amount, right? So this word can be a bit confusing, and that's why we're going to look at it today because a lot of things in the world today that are called love are not love. You hear about love stories, love songs, love poems that are not really about love. They're mostly about sex, really. When a guy gets up and sings, give it to me, give it to me, I want it now, he's not asking for love. That's called a lust song, guys. It's not a love song, all right? Because lust can never wait to get. But love can always wait to give. So what is love? If all that the world sings about is not true love, what is real love? Let's look at the basics of love this morning. And the first point on your um, folder there, we love love because God loves us so I hope your pens are all working let's write on our first line there we love because God loves us so as I was saying before God is love and all love comes from God we love because he loved Eva was saying that this morning And it's so true. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Love comes from God, for God is love. All love comes from him. He is the source. It doesn't just say that he has love, but he is love. So the reason why God wants you to love is because he is love. It is his character, his essence. He wants you to be like him, and he is the source of all true love. Not your boyfriend, not your spouse. God is the source of all true love. If God wasn't loving, there would be no love in the universe. Do you realize that this morning? If God wasn't loving, this just overwhelms me. I'm just, I'm so glad God is a loving God, huh? Because we wouldn't even know what love would be if we didn't have such an amazing God that we have. The reason that you have the ability to love is because you are made in the image of God. That's what makes you different from rocks and plants and animals, because you have the ability to love. Animals can't love. They don't have the brain capacity for it. If you think of an ant or a bird or a cow, they can't love. They might have affections or attractions or instinct. But they don't have the capacity to sacrificially love in the way that you and I are created to because we're created in God's image. God gave you the ability to love with God's kind of agape love. You were made in his image. So there are two things that you are on earth here to do. To learn to love God and to learn to love your neighbor. 1 John 4.19 says we love because God first loved us us. God is always first in everything. He takes the initiative. The only reason that we can love anybody is because God first loved us. When we realize that God loves us, that he has this extravagant, irresistible, unconditional love for you, then our natural response is to love him back. Because God is irresistible, he's so amazing, amazingly attractive, and incredibly magnetic. Do you know if you are here this morning and you say, I don't love God, I don't care about him, I don't serve him. The main reason is because you don't understand how much he loves you. Because his love for you creates a magnetic pull inside of you that wants you to love him. It's just a natural response when you're overwhelmed by his great love. I remember a season in my life where I was, I was struggling to understand God's love for me. And God gave me a picture of the ocean and all the waves that were uh, pounding in on the seashore. And I was standing there on that seashore facing the, the waves. And God said, my love is like those waves that keep coming. My love keeps coming, keeps coming. And it just flows over you. And My love is the same regardless of whether you're facing me, facing the ocean of love that's coming towards you, that you're embracing it. Or if in your life you've decided to turn your back on God, to rebel against him, to walk away from him, to not love him, just like when you stand on the seashore and you turn your back on on the waves. They don't stop coming. They keep coming. In fact, there's no change whether you're facing it or you're turning away because God's love is unconditional. He can't love you more today than he does right now. Regardless of what you're going through, how you failed, how you've fallen short, and you say, but how can anybody love me? I'm telling you, the Father's love is so great for you this morning. And he wants to reveal that love to you and fill you with that love when we start learning to love other people and becoming great lovers, you've got to first know how much God loves you. And it's my desire that over these next 40 days that you will experience the love of God like never before. Because the day you finally fully understand God's love, you will completely, how how completely he loves you you're going to be so much more loving and kind to other people. But it starts with us receiving and understanding God's love for us. So during these 40 days of love, God is going to do some healing in your hearts because you've been hurt in life. Some of you have been hurt by parents or siblings, family, friends, peers. Maybe some of you have been abused or misused rejected, or abandoned, or betrayed. God needs to first heal your heart because you can't love until you've received God's love first. Because you can't give what you haven't received. You can't give to others what you don't possess. But God wants to fill your cup. If it's empty, God wants to fill it up. Do you know unlovely people are unloved people? And hurt people hurt people. Have you ever thought about that? You wonder why that friend at, or well that person at work is always so mean. Hurt people hurt people. They need love. And that's what God's going to teach us. Not just to h- love the, the people that are easy to love, but to love the unlovely. 1 John 4 and verse 16 says, We know and we rely on the love that God has for us. Do you know and rely on the love God has for you? If you don't, you have a hard time loving other people. Because it's easy to love people who love you, yeah? How easy is that? It just comes naturally. We respond to people when they love us, that's not a problem. I'm talking about loving the unlovely people, loving those who are difficult, loving those who are irritating, loving people who are different, who are demanding, loving all those who are around you that you don't feel like loving. Now, that's where the real test comes, yeah? You can't do that until you have God's love coming, God loving through you. So love happens because we are loved by God. Number two, love is a choice and a commitment. Many of you, if I asked you to define what love is today, a lot of people would say love is a gushy feeling. It's an emotion. It's, it's how good I feel about somebody. No, the word of God says something else and God's word is true. It says love is a choice and a commitment. You choose to love or you choose not to love. Today, we've bought into this myth that love is kind of uncontrollable, that you really can't control it. You sort of fall in love. It's like, oh, it happened accidentally. I can't control it. I didn't know. I don't know what happened. It just kind of happens, but that's not true. Love is a choice and love is a commitment. Now, attraction and arousal are different, okay? They're, they're uncontrollable. You can feel an attraction for people, and you can't necessarily control that, but attraction and arousal are not love. They can lead to love, but they're not love because love is a choice. When Dale and I got married 10 years ago, we made a choice and a commitment to love each other. And in our vows we said we're going to stick together till death do us part. Through the highs and through the lows, through sickness and health, we commit ourselves. And you know that kind of commitment you make in a covenant with another person that you marry? That's a choice, and it's a commitment. It's not every day that I wake up feeling like loving my husband, and I'm sure he feels the same way about me. And when we don't feel like it, that choice and commitment to love is what holds us together. And after 10 years, I can still say from my heart, I love that man. Yeah. So, it's a choice and a commitment. You can't force somebody to fall in love with you, okay? And you can't force them to stay in love with you. Why? Because it's their choice. Love can't be forced. This is true of all relationships, It is a choice to love. You have that choice. I have that choice. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 20, the word of God says, Choose to love the Lord your God and commit yourself to him. Choose to love the Lord. That same principle is true for all our relationships. You must choose to love God. God isn't going to force you to love him. Then he'd take away your free will. It's your choice. But you have to use that free will to choose to love him. We make the choice. I have chosen to love the Lord and to commit myself to him. And it's the same thing that we need to commit to do for everybody else as well. When people say, I just don't love her anymore. I just, I don't, I just don't feel it anymore. They've chosen To stop loving that person, okay? It's a choice, guys. So whether the feeling is there or the feeling is not there, that is not, that feeling is not love. It's a choice and a commitment. Amen? Right. Number three, the next point. Love is an action and not just emotion. Love is an action, not just emotion, Now, people who put love down to being just an emotion, that is very, very, very small bit of what love really is. So love is more than attraction. It's more than arousal. When the emotion is gone, it doesn't mean that your love is dead. You hear that? Those of you who are in a marriage and you're saying, I don't love my spouse anymore, you can if you choose. Make a choice and a commitment. And when you do that, the amazing thing is when you commit yourself to a choice and, a, and you, you commit yourself to, to this, to love your partner, do you know the emotions just follow by themselves? If you're obedient to obey God's word, then the emotions come back again. That's how God's created us. Love is an action. It's something we do. Love is a behavior. Amen? And we need to learn this. So love can cause emotion, all right? Emotion is part of love. It can be caused. In fact, it causes the strongest emotions in human beings. So love can create emotion. And love can produce emotion. But love is not an emotion, okay? Why? Because over and over in the Bible, God commands us, to love each other. And you cannot command an emotion. What if I told you, Sylvester, can you be sad for me now? Well, he can fake it on the outside and look sad, but if inside he's feeling happy, he can't just control his emotion, can he? No, because emotions are not controllable in that way. But love, God can command it because it's your choice. You can't just command an emotion. They're often uncontrollable. So first... John 3 and verse 18, it says, let us love not with words or tongue, in other words, just with talk, but with action and in truth. You can say, I love people, but do you really love them? Let's see how you act towards them, because love is something that you do. It's not enough to say, I love you, I love you. It's good to say that. It's good to remind each other that you love each other. But if your actions don't line up with your words, then your words don't have any value, right? Acting in love when you don't feel it is actually the highest form of love. It's actually more mature love when you're acting loving towards a person when they're not responding to you and when you don't feel like doing it. Because it's a choice. Remember, as I said, it's easy to love somebody who loves you. But real love acts and does the loving thing even when the other person doesn't deserve it. And when they don't respond to it and when you don't feel like it. This is what the Word of God speaks about love. Number four, love is a skill. I can learn. How about that? Love is a skill I can learn. Wow. That means when I practice and I practice and I practice, I can get good at it? Yeah, that's right. It's something you can get good at. You may think today that you're a good lover, but I'm talking about becoming a great lover, a skilled lover. How many of you would like to become a skilled lover? Yeah, excellent. Love is a skill that can be learned. You can get good at it, and you can get better at it. And you can become an expert in relationships if you learn the keys to love. God wants you to become a skilled lover. 1 John 4 verse 7 says, Dear friends, let us practice loving one another. Can you hear that? Let us practice. That's because it's a skill. You need to practice loving one another. The only way you get skilled at something is to practice it. So you do it over and over. The first time you do it, it might feel a bit awkward, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. And this is what we're going to be doing over these 40 days. We're going to be practicing love in many different ways and by God's grace. It'll be ingrained in us, and we're going to be transformed. For love comes from God. Those who are loving and kind show that they are children of God and that they're getting to know him better. That's what the word of God says. So it's proof that you're really a believer, that you're in the family of God. The proof is that you love other people. So let's practice this skill. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 15, it says, Practice these things and devote yourself to them in order that your progress may be seen by all. All right? So, this is something we can practice. And I believe at the end of these 40 days, we're going to see some changes in ourselves. And hopefully, we can see it in one another that we've been transformed more into the image of Christ. That's going to be so awesome. So if you do all the things that we encourage you to do during this season of 40 days, um, not just attend and listen to the sermons, but also to do the assignments that are given, um, you will become a better lover. Your character will be transformed and you will see the progress. But in order for you to see it, you've got to practice. And you've got to devote yourself. You've got to make a commitment to do it and then to practice it. I hope we got people in here who are ready to practice the skill of love. Are you ready? Good. Number five, the last point, love is a habit. Love is a habit. You can't claim to be a loving person, guys, unless you're habitually loving. Basically your character is the sum of your habits. Did you hear that? Your character is the sum of your habits. What kind of habits do you have? Wouldn't it be awesome to add this characteristic, this habit of love as part of your character? If you only love on and off like a light switch, you're not a loving person. You may think you're a loving person, but love happens when you love the unlovely. Luke 6:32 says if you only love those who love you what credit is that to you even the heathen can do that that's easy being a loving person is when you love the unlovely when you love people who don't love you when you love those who irritate you and backbite you and gossip about you it takes no character at all to love the people who love you, but it takes a whole lot of character to love people who don't. So, I can't claim to be lovely. Sorry, I can't be cl- I can't claim to be loving unless I'm habitually loving. For example, if I said to my husband, "Darling, I'll be faithful to you 6 days a week," Do you think he's going to be happy about that? I don't think so. Because that's partial faithfulness, which means I'm unfaithful, right? I can't say that I have the character quality of faithfulness unless I'm faithful 100% of the time, right? So, likewise, I can't say I'm honest if I say, I'll tell you the truth 90% of the time. That's dishonesty, right? If you're an honest person, it's going to be a habit, a, a, a character trait, 100% of the time in your life if you're an honest person. So, in the same way, you can't claim to be a loving person if you're only loving certain kinds of people. So, let's just be honest, guys. We have a lot of growing to do, don't we? If you think of those people in your lives that you're not very loving towards, I just realized in my life there's like certain people that I love a whole lot and give a lot of attention to, and then there's certain people I don't really want to love, and I just, you're not part of this, this circle of my love. But actually, God is calling us to love those very ones that we want to avoid. Love has to become a lifestyle. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, Continue to love each other with true Christian love. It needs to become a habit. Continue means we make a habit of it. We do it all the time. We don't become like a light switch that you turn on and off and then you do it when you feel like it. No, it needs to become something that's consistent in our lives. During these 40 days of love, we're going to learn the habits of love, we're going to learn some new habits to replace some of the old old ones, hey? Studies have shown that it takes six weeks to develop a good habit, and that's around about 40 days. So it's not a mistake that we're doing 40 days, because as we go into this, as you commit and devote yourselves to these practices and things that we'll be doing, they'll become habits in your life, and your life will be transformed more into the image of Jesus We are going to take a little self-evaluation that you've got in your little booklets there. And um, this is about assessing our relationships. And I wanted us to do this at the beginning of this series because when we look back in 40 days' time on that same test, I want you to be able to test yourself again and see that you've improved. Because the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 from the Message Bible, it says, test yourself. And make sure that you're solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. Okay? So, one day you're gonna stand before God and He's gonna ask you, if you did the two things that were most important of all, did you learn to love God? Did you learn to love other people? I want you and me to be ready for that day. I want us to start making love like one of our main values, our main value in life. So as we start this test, as we start looking at it, I don't want you to be, uh, feel bad about yourself because we all struggle in this area of love. And there's this incredible thing that actually, when you do grow just a little bit in this area, because love is such a powerful thing, when you grow just a little bit, it makes a whole lot of difference. So, looking at those things that you have there on your paper, I don't have one up here with me, but the very first one is your parents, okay? Now, you can write on the gap, you can write your parents' names, Or if you're living with somebody else who is like a parent, maybe your uncle and aunt, whoever are taking the place of your parents, but you can also put your parents there. Um, Rate, how is your relationship to your parents today? Three is poor, nine is good. And where are you at this point? How are you actively loving? Not just with words of mouth, but in action and in truth. If you're looking, if you're unmarried, the second one is for you. Um, How do you treat the opposite sex? How do you relate to women, um, guys? And how do you guys relate to the girls? Do you show them God's kind of love? Rate yourself on that one. And if you're here and you have a spouse, write your name. The spouse's name there on the paper. And rate yourself. How well do you love? Now, remember what I've said about love. Not just how do you love them when you feel like it. Like 100% of the time. How would you rate yourself? Now, there where you have your, um, the other gaps, I would encourage you to put people in those um, spaces that are there. Put people's names. Maybe if it's coworkers that you're thinking, I'm really struggling with this person or that person. Write their name there and assess it now because God's going to give you the tools to love them in such a way that you will be able to mark a much higher mark at the end of 40 days. So let's just go through and assess ourselves. Where are we at this morning? Okay. Some of Jesus' last words to his disciples right before he went to the cross. He said, By this shall all men know that you are my followers, that you're my disciples, because you love One another. So, guys, the mark of a true believer is love. Jesus didn't say, By this shall all men know that you are Christians. If you sing well in the praise team, or if you wear a red t shirt. No, the mark of a true believer is that you love. It's not how well you can prophesy. It's not how many dreams you have. How well do you love? The symbol of a follower of Jesus is not a cross. It's not a TB Joshua sticker on the back of your car. The symbol of a genuine follower of Jesus is love. And here's a question for you to chew on Do people know you're a follower of Jesus because you're the most loving person they've met? I think there's a few people who can say that they don't see that in my life. Do Do people know you're a follower of Jesus because you're the most loving person they know? I heard someone say yes. (laughs) I hope that will be the testimony for all of us as God um, fills our hearts more and more with love, even for the unlovely. Right. So Jesus one day is going to, sorry, one day we're going to be evaluated by God, what we've done with our life here on earth. And he didn't put you on this planet to live for yourself. He put you here to learn the lessons to prepare you for eternity. Did you learn to love God? Did you learn to love other people? It's not about accomplishments or acquisition. It's all about relationships, guys. We need to become good at relationships. It's why God put us here, because love is the main thing. So we're going to look at these things in detail in the weeks ahead. So to become great at relationships, we're just going to give you briefly here as I um, wind up today. To become great in relationships, number one, the first thing is I must commit to growing. All right? You don't become a great lover accidentally. Okay? You don't just wake up one morning and everybody thinks all the girls think you're the greatest guy out there. No way. It doesn't happen accidentally. It's intentional. You're going to have to make a commitment. And this is what I'm trying to encourage you to do at the beginning of this series. Let's commit ourselves in these 40 days that I'm going to become a skilled lover. Devote yourself to it. Dedicate yourself. Commit yourself to it. Number two, to become great at relationships, I need to learn how Jesus did it. Learn how Jesus did it. Jesus is our model for perfection in relationships. He is the son of God, and he is the only one who knew how to handle relationships perfectly. In our Connect Groups, we're going to be watching this series, as Inej mentioned earlier. It's by Rick Warren, and it goes in tandem together with this series that we're doing in church on a Sunday. I really want to encourage you to be a part of it, because you'll be learning a lot of things in the Connect Groups that we won't be teaching here on stage on a Sunday. It's where you'll discuss and apply what you're learning and put it into practice. And if all you do is come on a Sunday morning, then you're going to get informed. But we want more for you than being informed. We want your lives to be transformed. Amen? So let's get involved in a connect group. And if you're living in an area where there's no connect group, let us know. We'll help you start one in your area because we want you to get involved. Number three, we need to practice the skills. Practice the skills. You can't become greater relationships by avoiding people. You have to develop your life principle of love. So you've got to get out and be around people. Because we sing about love, we talk about love, we pray about love, we study about love, but do we really do it? We have to practice it. So during these 40 days of love, you're going to get the love in action. We just received one from Sylvester this morning. Our love in action this week is to prepare our hearts, ask God to... um, Make our hearts soft and receptive, and learn to love and to receive His love, so that whatever we are learning through this week, we can uh, this season we can absorb it and put in practice in our lives. And we will also be sending out on our church WhatsApp group every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it'll be going on Facebook as well. We'll be giving you little um, pieces of of, of teaching. That come along with practical um, things that you can do to implement during this time. So if you're not on our o- Open Church WhatsApp group, please speak to me or to any of those with a red t-shirt. We'll make sure we get you on or even on our website for Open Church. If you go there and follow the instructions, you can get yourself onto our Open Church WhatsApp group and then follow us on there. We're going to help you Expand your relationships to love people that you've never loved before. Isn't that incredible? Because that's what God's really watching. How well do you love the unlovely? That's where God's test is. Some of you are going to have to spend a lot less time on social media and start developing more authentic relationships. Hey, that's a good challenge for some of you. Because you cannot learn to love without being in relationships. The fourth point, we're going to develop the habits. To develop the habits. You're going to learn some new habits over these next 40 days. Habits of the heart. And I'm very excited about how this is going to change your life and mine finally number 4 5 we're going to trust god to help number 5 trust god to help and to make you more loving if all i had to offer you today is just to say let's try harder we wouldn't spend 40 days on this because trying doesn't work it's not just a matter of trying It's a matter of trusting because Jesus said, you are to love others as I have loved you. How many of you can say straight away, there's no way I can do that? To love others as I have loved you. Can you love like Jesus? No way. All of us fail and we fall short. And that's exactly what it is because the key to love is not to try harder to be more loving, but the key to love is letting Jesus love through you. It is experiencing the love of God in your heart and it starts with letting him in to our hearts because we can't love like he did just by trying, not by imitating. It's letting his love flow through you. But it starts with a decision. You need to decide that you want to do this. Philippians 1 verse 9 says, this is my prayer for you. And it's my prayer for you, Open Church family, that your love will grow more and more and that you will have knowledge and understanding with your love. That is my prayer for you in this season for each one of you. That together, we will become known as a church that loves. Wouldn't that be beautiful? If Open Church in Dola was known, not by this or that or whatever people um, refer, oh, that church that does this or that church that behaves like that. What if we were known in town, oh, that's the church that really loves. Wow, that would put a smile on Jesus' face. Because what the world needs are people who genuinely love. Amen. It's all about love.